0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another AdOps podcast. This week on the podcast, we're here to talk with Mark Goldberg, who's the CEO of a company called TrustMetrics. We're kind of continuing our theme uh, from last week about talking about online fraud. So, Mark had a very interesting kind of thought for this podcast, which is to look into the concept that there's an abundance of supply on the internet, and he raises some really interesting points that if you kind of remove the major walled gardens and you remove porn, and you remove kind of the long tail of fraud, there's actually not as much supply in the internet as everyone thinks. So Mark had some really interesting points, kind of about the way that part of the advertising industry works. We kind of went on off, off on a couple interesting tangents on this podcast, just talking about kind of the, the dynamics of media buying, uh, and what he thinks kind of the, the basic math is for ensuring that you're buying safe media online, which I thought was super interesting. If you haven't heard last week's podcast with Shaolin, which was entitled... Uh, Buying bot traffic is ridiculously easy. Uh, We mentioned that a couple times in this podcast. So if you haven't heard that, it's probably a good listen. Uh, If you haven't, there's no need to listen to it again. I want to thank everyone again for listening. We're probably going to keep growing our email list in the coming weeks. uh, But for now, kind of, I want to make sure that our guests get enough love. So if you want to check out Mark's writing, we'll link to it at adpipes.io slash blog. And Mark can be found on LinkedIn or his writing can be found on kind of a bunch of different trade publications. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Mark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another AdOps Podcast. This week, we're here with Mark Goldberg, who's the CEO of Trustmetrics. How's it going, Mark? Great. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming on. So you want to kind of continue our look at kind of like fraud and the dynamics of online advertising. Uh, and you're running a company called Trust Metrics. you want to give kind of like a, a high-level overview on what that is and kind of where you're coming from in the industry?
1: Sure great um at trust metrics, we review apps and domains um, for quality safety, and fraud signals yep. and what we do is we're building a database of, of the domains and when our clients, who are generally the agencies or, or brands uh, want to sp- you know, money into programmatic, we help them get there with more safety and brand safety. And what we're doing is we're looking at the domains, um, not the user agents. So we're not going to help you with the, the bots and, and managing that problem. We're actually going to re- remove a lot of the cryptacular sites that get that end up driving most of the bot activity yeah. because we're creating that whitelist and we're creating that, you know, that, that scaled whitelist that allows you to do programmatic with a lot more confidence. And, and we're generally thought of as the first layer in programmatic. We're in the planning process. Yeah. So so you, you curate the domains, and then you start go off and running. Um, and you should be using other vendors, like um, you know all all the other security vendors out there that are available.
0: Yeah, I thought the kind of the the topic we wanted to hit on for this podcast, which is kind of the the concept of too much supply in the industry. And you had some very interesting thoughts around kind of you know if you remove fraud in the major players, like how much supply is there. Um, is that am I kind of like summing up your thoughts correctly?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we talked briefly. It's it's really the surplus of supply that I think that has been. You know, I, I do the air quotes for a podcast. That's not probably the smartest thing, but the surplus <laughs> of supply does not exist. Yeah. Um, you know, you still can find scale and programmatic, but it's really. I think we've been programmed in the last couple of years at the rise of social platforms or, or broadband adoption and, and mobile. We've been programmed to think that the supply is infinity. Yeah. And it's just simply not. And, I, you know, a lot of the stuff around video and you're hearing more and more numbers around video where it's the biggest thing since sliced bread. Uh, Cisco just came out recently with some numbers of video growth. You got to take that a little bit backwards and say, well, what does that number comprise of? And I think overall the video numbers – are a lot smaller than we're looking at when you remove, I, I don't know what they look at, probably Netflix, um, yes. porn. I think porn has some videos. I don't, yes. I don't really surf I've those sites, but I'm, I'm you know. Um, and just I, I think what Cisco's actually adding in there is the growth of video surveillance and video conference calls. And, and we're on Skype right now. When you do Skype, there's video. There, yes. There's a lot of numbers that could be packed in there. But when you remove those type of sites, how big is the number? But then you have to also remove YouTube. Yes. YouTube is a controlled world. And then when you start thinking about where are other videos happening, copyright infringement sites. Yeah. You can you can add non, non-human traffic. And you can also do the biggest problem in the world, in-banner video. Yeah. Uh, unless you're buying in-banner video, which is fine. If you know what you're buying, that's fine. But some people are getting caught in the in-banner video game, and that's a problem.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess you, um, based on kind of trust metrics, you probably see things more from the brand side. Like, do brands come in with a perspective that... You there's unlimited supply and would you need to press a button to find it? Like how hard are they willing to work to find kind of good supply?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean the the major brands who have now realized That they don't want to be that video cpms are so high that they're actually more You know as a target almost to be gamed they're putting a lot more protections in place the brands Now realize that video it could be a little bit more of a problem in fraud and so what they're doing is taking a lot of the extra steps, so a lot more other security vendors are ju- jumping in because the CPMs are so high, they want to protect them. Yeah. What we've also seen is the bad guys have gotten a lot better, and I think Shalin's post uh, two weeks ago um, was really good to show that you know it's so easy to drive non-human traffic. But you remember that these bad guys are putting up these fake sites, and I don't want to call him a bad guy, but I, he has a site that's essentially bad. Yeah. The bad guys are doing tricks, and I've seen, I see it a lot. And what we see when we get submissions from some ad networks, we look at the the, the domains, we look at the sites, and you can see videos that are embedded just autoplaying content. And yeah. you watch the video. Sometimes it's in ad format. You see it run for six or seven seconds. Then all of a sudden an ad comes. Then after the ad runs, another seven seconds of that same exact piece of content and then another ad, and then just keeps on going to infinity. And what this is designed to beat is one of the the ad detection services. I guess uh, there is a number that the, the, the second hand they see in six seconds, okay, now they think it's a real content, and now they see the ad call. That's okay. Yeah. They believe it's real. And I see a lot of that. We see a lot of in banner. We see a lot of loop stuff. We see sometimes in the wrong ad units. I, I found something uh, a couple weeks ago where there was a tower ad, running a a rectangle pre-roll video at autoplay just continuing to loop
0: wow yeah i mean you got to figure with video like it's still relatively expensive to produce video and the major brands you know when you're talking about non-youtube non-major streaming services you probably get down to the layer of like the nbcs and the comedy centrals and the viacom related companies and you got to figure the biggest brands are basically going to buy them out Cause they have the money, but what are almost like the second level brands do and how do you advise them to almost like buy smart in kind of like the second tier of video?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the video upfront is great, and I think we're doing a very good job of making video and, um, you know, digital inventory important. Yeah. Um, but the, yes, to your point, there, there's a limited amount of uh, supply there in some of these bigger players. I think when you get outside, you do find some wonderful food videos. You do find some other videos that are really of high quality and can be viral. Mm. But you got to yeah. be very careful. And and I think that's the difference is, is is the video does exist. I I think the, the stuff, um, I think it's tasty. I can't even remember. There's some fun videos that are made. There's some fun, you know, hacks at home. There's some great videos that are not getting invited to Madison Avenue, but they are, are available for advertisers. And I think that's where you can find some great wins, uh, on this thing we call the interweb.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, is video still small enough? relative to display that you have the time to kind of individually check out the video site you're using or do you have to use kind of like larger more automated methods
1: well uh i i didn't say how we do it earlier but we we have a crawler that looks for a lot of different variables but really where our our human review is our gold i mean we look at things a lot differently and we look at many different characteristics that a machine doesn't look like we also make sure the machine's looking at the right thing. I think in a, a lot of the other technologies look for um, metadata that, you know, the bad guys trick. Um, yeah. We can get to a site and realize this is, site is not about insurance and uh, health. It's a porn site. So, yeah. um, you know, our human review it does help. I think for video, yes, we don't. I mean, we don't look at every single video on the site, but we do have the, the, the means to make sure that quality is important. As, as we believe quality is important, we, we look at that. Factor. I, I think one of the things – I don't want this to be a sales pitch, but one of the things I think is very important to understand, quality, if you actually open a website and, – and this is the message to the buying community. If you look at your site lists and after a post campaign and look at the sites you ran on, if you would have done that ahead of time, you probably would not have run on a lot of these sites. Interesting. And some of the fraud is happening on the lower-quality sites. Even though guys, bad guys do pretty well, um, they don't have a UX UI guy in their um, – in in their team.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting point.
1: But, but what, you know, we always talk about quality. Um, It's really important. Um, You you end up really seeing a lot of the characteristics over and over again in the bad guy sites. And one of them would be, you know, freshness of content, sentence structure, how, you know, I mean, keywords, the, the density of keywords sometimes leads to, you know, a high SEO site that was just built to get you in the door and then they funnel you in different directions.
0: Yeah, one of the things I think is going to be interesting to the kind of traffic arbitraging semi-fraud world is when computers can rewrite articles with a very high degree of accuracy. Like there's automated kind of like sentence restructuring programs now, but none of them are the point where they'd really pass this sniff test. But in a way, like rewriting content is one of the things that's slowing arbitrage and fraud down. Because it's still kind of the most expensive part.
1: Well, I, I actually think that's uh, interesting. I mean, yes, if they get better, it's going to be harder for us. But yeah. um, there, there are some good, good systems out there already that are doing interesting. this. I mean, there are some places that you can go buy content, and it scales up pretty quickly. It's it's kind of scary, actually. Huh. But I, I wouldn't say that the content just passes the sniff test. You can look at many other different parts of, of, of the site and dis, and determine quality. And so this is, you know, uh, edit to ad ratio. This is, you know, is the image have a sourced image? Is there a contact page? Who's at the contact page? Is there, you know, it doesn't look like the author wrote the same thing. If it's a mommy blog and it's a mommy talking about what she wants to talk about, great. But if it's a a news site and it only has one voice and uh, the last update was in 2012, there are things that you can see. And I mean, when I say 2012, some of these sites just die on the vine and then they grab them again and put them back up. Um, These sites are so easy to put up and I think that's something that most people don't realize how easy it is to go today, buy a domain, find some content and you're up and running.
0: Yeah, I mean, we touched on this a little with Shaolin but like how long do you think you could keep a fraudulent site running? Like you can you know you can buy a domain at auction you can fill it with kind of crappy content and you can find some monetization publishers kind of in the longer tail like do you think that will eventually be figured out in any way or if you just stay in the long tail of buying you'll at least squeak out some money
1: I, I think the sophisticated ones can squeak out money and they don't they they don't care and yeah. I think that's my my beef personally with the industry right now is everyone just says blacklist my personal belief is that you know a blacklist. It is going to allow people to get on yeah. before you realize what's going on, and that just doesn't work. I mean we, we preach you know be exclusive, not inclusive all, all the time. You'd rather create a, a white list of 10 to fifteen thousand sites that you have somewhat of a known quantity of quality. And if someone comes to you and said we want to add these five to ten sites, then you have to then review them and look at them. And if they're just started yesterday and they have 14 million page views a month or in a day, guess what? It's probably fraud.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would think the big buyers care about this. But there's got to be a certain amount of – maybe not willful ignorance, but there's got to be a certain amount of buyers that are intentionally not looking into this,
1: right? Well, I mean – the agencies do care. Yeah, um, I, I really do believe they do. Yeah, I like don't, the good ones will always care. Yeah, but I also don't know how much they are aware of what's going on. And I think that was. And I don't want to keep referencing Shaolin, but I think that was the most jaw dropping part of this was how easy it really was, and how even the good guys and I'll call IS Double Verify White Ops, all these guys still can't capture. You know, all of the bot traffic. It's gonna something's gonna sneak through, and I think you know hearing some of the numbers he was talking about and seeing you know what's going on in linkedin and how easy it is to just buy quote unquote approved traffic should scare the crap this is not radio but i'm still not going to use the word crap <laughs> <laughs> out of uh, everybody and I think, you know, again, there's a, there's a multi layer approach here. And in all security businesses, you're going to have to make sure that, you know, you're collaborating with people. And I think, you know, the, the antivirus guys all collaborate and share signals. Yeah. And in finance, they're all sharing signals. We don't yeah. do that very well. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the buyer could make the adoption for us and choose multiple partners to protect their, their advertisers' media spend. And no one wants to hear. That you have to pay more money in something that's not working media. I get it. Yeah. But your media will not be working if you don't. And there's that rub where how do you want to achieve scale? How do you want to achieve your targets? If you just want to throw money up there and just lower the rate and call it a day, you're not helping anyone. This industry, we're all in it for the long haul. I've been doing this for a long time and I want to continue to do it for a long time. We got to clean this up.
0: Yeah. I mean, who do you think should be almost in that intermediary role that enforces like signal sharing? Is, like the IAB is the obvious choice. Do you think that's something that's on their radar?
1: Well, TAG is an interesting solution. I just don't know. I mean I'm part of TAG. I've been part of QUAG. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good that they're, they're thinking about, but it's just – it's 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 somewhat of an arms race in the time game that I think anything doing with any industry group – and I'm not trying to disrespect the the, the whole thing going on is, – is always going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. And the people that are always invited in the room, some of them knowingly or unknowingly doing bad things. Yeah. And there's a lot to lose, and especially a lot to lose with the public companies. And you know, I always look at this problem as it, the buyer has every chance to make this right. I, I put a lot of the pressure on the buyers because they should be uh, more educated. Yeah. I, I and i think the news is doing a very good job podcasts are doing a very good job yeah and um, if you if the buyer knows more they can hold everyone more accountable and i think accountability needs to really start to happen uh, more and more um, from the buy side and you know not just saying the brands i'm saying the agencies are the buyers too but the brands are are you know they've he they put a fire up on the agency right now with the a a report and i don't want to get into that but at the end of the day, the buyers need to work with the agencies to hold all of the partners accountable.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting conversations I had the other day, which is kind of a different way of looking at the accountability, is do you think that you'll ever see kind of an exchange like an AppNex or an OpenX or an AdX like be the first to start really taking this type of fraud seriously and that will become a safer buying platform? I mean, clearly – it's easy to say that the buyer should take more responsibility, but kind of the weird dynamics of the media industry. A lot of buyers are super young and not really that well educated on what's going on and won't be in those jobs very long. It's kind of like a weird quirk of how money's spent in this world.
1: Yeah no well I mean I think the buyers um I I started off uh, well I was was young at one point but yeah. I also started off uh, on the buy side on the agency side and um you always have mentors you always have smart people around you and above you giving you guidance and helping you out so I don't fear that their their age is a factor here I yeah. I, fe- I fear there's other things but. When it comes down to being an exchange, and and I'll go, I'll give Google a tremendous amount of credit, and yeah. I, I I think Google is the best at this. They 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 always work off of clean environments. I mean, their business at the beginning of the day is the CPC search business, yeah. and they realize early and often that if you are have a happy user and you have a happy advertiser, then the publisher partners will be fine with the the. The, R, the ROI will be there for the advertisers therefore the rates will go up. Yeah. and I, I think they're trying to keep their exchange somewhat clean. It's a lot harder now, but they're clean they, they're the cleanest. App Nexus is publicly documented that they've had some problems and're they're, they're making some steps to get better yeah. and I think there's a lot of them that are trying to make ex, uh, steps to get better OpenX as well. But I, I kind of also go back to, to the Shaolin posts. Where he talks a little bit about there was a third party that there was a guarantee involved of fraud free inventory. Yeah. But it was fraud. Yeah. So, you know, even if these guys jump up and say, we're the cleanest, we're the best, and guarantee it, well, let's put their, you know, we got to hold them accountable for that guarantee. And um, you can't just buy something as a guarantee anymore. You should buy it for, at the end of the day, their, their targeting what can they do how can they target and can can the provider provide you some good targeting and make sure they meet your can find your audience and then think about the inventory and then make sure your inventory is the clean inventory and a good environment where you want to advertise i mean there's some financial times articles that were out around uh i think jihadist sites there's been yeah. some other articles um Around inventory questions I, we've seen some things that are just beyond that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast of locations of where ads uh, appeared yep. um, we're allowing again to figure out where this technology could just go because P- you've been programmed now not to care about the environment you're caring about how the, the digital um, targeting can work but not the environment mm. what I'm trying to say is care about the digital targeting but don't forget about the environment Yeah, A- apply both don't don't just sit there and oh it doesn't matter where we run that that's that's silliness.
0: So we kind of like touched on video supply before, like looking at like mobile app inventory. You kind of like it also appears very large. Like, how do you think mobile app inventory is like either accurate and inaccurate depending on people's perceptions?
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's a lot of problems in the mobile app inventory as well. I think you know we're getting kind of caught up that there's so many apps and a lot of these are productivity apps. Right. Um, I think Facebook and Instagram um, and uh, WhatsApp and I think Messenger are uh, closed wall gardens. So that doesn't really exist for everybody, but it does exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Twitter and Snapchat have some, you know, closed domains as well. And so when you take a lot of that, you're left with a lot of game inventory, uh, a lot of incentive inventory and um, a lot of autoplay inventory in between games. No yeah. question, you have some new stocks weather. I mean, that's usually safe inventory and that's plentiful. But, you know, it's the long tail of games where if you look, you'll see two, 3,000 downloads um, when you look into the store ID and, and review the store. But why is 3,000 uh, downloads generating 4 million impressions?
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: The long tail in apps is gross, and uh, you know you just got to be very careful in in the mobile app space.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like that math is that hard to do. Like, do you get the sense that, like, that type of just basic logic of you know how many downloads do you have, how many total impressions has this app shown, is something that's a routine practice amongst buyers?
1: No, I mean it should be. Yeah, I mean the routine practices from buyers, and this is unfortunate, is that they don't really look enough. And you know, I've written articles recently about just looking. Looking is very important. And you know, I don't, I don't mean spot checking at the pregame. I mean looking at the pregame and then looking at the postmortem. I mean, domain spoofing, and we haven't even. Got there, but there's a lot of domain spoofing going on. We'll send someone a whitelist of 10,000 sites, and if they are not paying attention, 15 sites, 15,000 sites could have run, and, and they're all sites that were spoofed. And I'm yeah. not sure how familiar the audience is with spoofing, but you know, basically, uh, the SSP has put a name up like, let's just say the New York Times. You think it's the New York Times, you buy it. It turns out it's crap.com. Yeah. And crap.com does show up in your ad serving logs. And if more buyers were to look at that and see that, okay, I had 10,000 whitelists and, oh, my gosh, there's 15,000 sites here. 5,000 are wrong. How many impressions ran there? You better call your supply partner and say, I uh, I want a uh, make good. Yeah. And and I think to your point, looking is something they could be doing at the data, looking could be doing something at the site level. Um, you know, we, we, we offer the compliance part of it where we would tell them, Oh, you ran on this many sites and this many impressions and you need to make sure it's good. So, you know, the 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 problem is they don't have enough time. They have a hundred and one vendors calling them. I mean, one of the things when I jumped from the agency side to 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 the sales side I, I let me just date myself. I was doing TV and radio, so I knew the the, the 10 vendors that were going to call me. Yeah. There was an RFP that went out, I think in 2001, where someone CC'd everyone, not BCC'd them. Yeah. I printed it out. I still have it today. It's somewhere in my basement. <laughs> it's six pages. Wow. And it was over 1,200 vendors, I think I call I, I checked. Wow. And I think we all sit in the same conference room in a different building. We look at the whiteboard, and we figure out the 10 people we're going to call, and we're all calling the same guy. And you just you just have to give them all the benefit of the doubt that they're not calling you back because they ha- are in probably a meeting with another vendor or they are just getting another call. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem right now is they don't have enough time. And I think if you go back to the ANA report, they're getting squeezed, and they can't afford to just have an army of people where I think they need more people and um, – and that's kind of a, a shame because this industry needs those people to, to review the site list, to review the, the reports. We, we need to continue to improve this industry. And I think right now we're going a little backwards.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting to think like what is eventually going to hopefully relieve that situation. Do you think it's more people? Do you think – I mean currently people are playing – or media buyers are playing kind of like the switchboard operator role. And eventually that decision-making will be automated. Like, like, what's going to break that almost bottleneck?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you're smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, something's got to give. Um, I think there are technologies out there that, you know, when we, you know, I'm not going to do the air quotes again, but programmatic yeah. is always got, has this, oh, it's easy to automate. No, it's not. You you need, you can do a lot, a lot of the paperwork and automation become a lot easier but you can't set it and forget it. And I think that's what people have taken for granted.
0: Yeah, one of the other interesting categories in this world is kind of like DMP data. Every media buyer I've talked to talks about how it's kind of like dubious at best. Kind of what do you see, you know, auto and tender data, for example. Like, do you see that type of thing being reliable at all? Or like, to what degree?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I kind of laugh. Um, if we really had 50 to 75 million auto intenders every month, um, I think the economy would be in a much better place. Yeah um i think you know the data has been a little bit of a problem because i think it's giving the bots the opportunity to get the higher cpms yeah and you know i'll tell you a couple stories you know i was running a publisher i was a publisher i was i was the the gm publisher and one day i walked in and got my reports i'm looking at the, sorry i'm looking at the analytics dashboard and our traffic is just off the charts it's doing great yeah and the next couple of guys get in i start t- telling them a story and they're like it can't be real this is this is double where we are normal top top of the day yeah and we dig into it and it turns out that uh five pages on our site it was an auto page a travel page a health page and i think there was something else in there two other sites those pages were specifically targeted by a bot to grab that user and make it look like a user who is interested in those categories yeah and obviously we we didn't make any money from that that uh, that day we ended up figuring out how to patch it and block it mm-hmm. but it just gave me insight into all of these guys are creating the domains making the bots go elsewhere and when we say the new york times and everyone else has some level of bot activity it's because the bad guys are sending traffic to different places to make themselves look better and i think i think when you introduce the retargeters a lot of sites commercial sites like the the big advertisers they have a lot of bot activity, bad activity too, because they want to make sure they look like Visa, so MasterCard can buy them. And I'm not saying these guys, but, you know, four GM, they all want to make sure they can conquest the sale. So they're sending bots to big advertiser sites hmm. so that they can figure out how to retarget them later because a retargeting CPM is a lot higher. Interesting. And so when you say how many auto-intenders um, – Probably not as much as the, uh, the big guys tell you we have, but I, I think data and layering and data is un- unbelievable and should absolutely be part of a media plan. Again, mobile apps should be part of a media plan. I think a lot of this should be part of media and video. I just think everyone should take a little bit of grain of salt.
0: Yeah, I forget who I was talking to this about the other day, but we we're talking about just kind of the concept of the long tail. And the financial world is the same. Like There is very good value that you can find in the long tail. You just have to really pay attention and really, really know what you're doing. And kind of if you're going to blindly invest in the long tail of any type of asset, like usually you're getting screwed unless you have some expertise and you're really paying attention.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's again, it's it's education. And I think stuff like this that you're doing, I, I think is starting to really educate the right people. Yeah, thanks. And man. and I think, you know, the, the 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 there's Ad exchanger and some other ones when you weed out some of, you know, the articles that are self-serving like mine, yeah. um you, you actually you learn a little bit about industries. I think some of the publications and some of the writers, uh, I think Mike Shields, George Seflo, I mean, all, a lot of these guys are doing a great job of looking under the hood and trying to figure it out. Yeah. And when they do that, very senior people ask the right questions.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's what we need more of and so I think education is going to come if we continue to keep pressure
0: yeah no i agree i mean at the risk of getting off topic kind of when i first started paying attention to this world and one of the reasons that we want to start the podcast is it's just so ridiculously hard to research kind of like the medium level topics like once you get past you know the glossary of programmatic is you know what do all the keywords mean it's very tough to tell what's going on in the industry without talking to people in it it's really not documented anywhere
1: yeah no no one wants to talk about it
0: yeah. I mean, I, I guess mean, that's there are very few.
1: Factor. There's also very few people that want to talk about it. I mean, you know, I, I used to talk about it when I wasn't in this uh, industry now that I'm when, when I wasn't in this role. But, but now that I am, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah it's it's a little bit disturbing um, because ultimately, if you think about this and this is going on, it, if advertisers are spending this money and it's going to quote unquote bots slash criminals and they're not hitting and selling whatever they're selling off the shelves, They're going to look at their marketing spend and either change the media mix Mm -hmm. or they're just going to raise prices to the end consumer yeah right i mean they're they're gonna spend more because now they realize that they have to they have to make money in this they run a business and so uh that's somewhat the, the the weird part of this is you know you know we're talking about bots and we're talking about criminals well they're actually impacting real humans and I, I, you know why is my soda cost so much why does my x cost so much so it does impact everybody and i think we should be talking about it
0: yeah no i think that makes sense
1: everything's kind of tied in right and so when when we talk about Why are these bots doing it? It, Because it's easy. We give them the KPIs to achieve. And I think viewability is the one that's giving me the most pain right now is because if you think about viewability, it's a measurement. But people are using it as a target and they'll say, I want to be on sites that are 87% viewable. Mm-hmm. The only sites that are 87% viewable are the ones that have nine ads above the fold and a headline. Yeah. Or they have a slideshow. I mean, at the sites that we see and that we, we, we take screenshots and, and show clients all the time um, in, in some various decks of so just some funny user experiences. We have some sites that have, I think think one, two, three, four, about five or six ads above, and there's a small picture. But on the right-hand side, it's an autoplay video. It's halfway in the screen, and yeah. I think I was at a big resolution. It's halfway in the screen running. But technically, it's viewable. Based on all the IAB terms and, and MRC terms, it's viewable. And then if you scroll down a little bit to hit the next button, that ad becomes viewable. Yeah. So the bad guys know our KPIs, and they're optimizing towards them. So we just need to continue to not surround ourselves with just small, easy-layer KPIs. We also have to apply common sense that, that we shouldn't be looking at just one factor. We have to look at a lot of different factors and and assume that every everything can be gamed.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. It's something we've kind of hit on in a previous podcast, but in a way, bots are better at being human than humans are like they know exactly what measurement you want and are designed to give that to you or they just wouldn't be economically viable yeah exactly. yeah yeah all right sweet mark this is fun kind of any other any other things you want to hit on or um kind of messages you want to pass along to the larger Adopts world
1: i love the adops world um no <laughs> i I, th- I think uh no i mean i actually do have a tremendous amount of friends in the space but um No, I I think, you know, if you're on the agency side, make sure you're looking at the reports. Um, If you're on the publisher side, um, you know, push back on salespeople when they want to sell a bigger deal if they don't have the inventory because that could lead to bigger problems. And I think, you know, in that space, in that really, really important here is the bad guys will buy bot traffic that can beat a system knowingly do that. And who cares if they get caught? But if you are a big brand and you're buying this type of inventory, and you get caught. You're closing up shop someday soon. And none of these newspaper magazines or other publishers' sites if they get caught, we'll be invited back to the agency. And if it gets front page news, you're in trouble. So if they're if you're on the publisher side, please, you know, yell at you know, be that gatekeeper and make sure the salesperson just doesn't, you know, write that big order without having that inventory. And I think on on the ad tech side, you know, always look at your supply and make sure that you're trying to get only good people in there. Um, be very careful. Uh, we see a lot of domains that are that are included in media buys that one don't have ads on them two, are are, are um, not safe let's just yeah. say. you know it's not all about scale and not including everybody in, in your domain list is going to get you more money it's gonna get you more problems it's kind of the opposite right isn't that big what what's big more money more problems yeah exactly yeah let's end with that rest in
0: peace yeah all right thanks mark all right take care have a good one bye